Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. All focus because my candidates to baptism, my baptizes, those that are going to go through the water need to understand what's happening right now here. And uh, maybe as I preach this message, you may be stirred by the Spirit to also take that step. That's not the best way. We prefer you do it when you were, uh, had the chance to talk with your leader. But we understand that this is possible. Uh, I remember having experiences like that in the past. So today, the title of my message is Through the Waters. Through the Waters. That's a symbol in the Old and New Testament that God used to show a new beginning, a new start, a reset process, a giving you a new chance to start afresh, to start anew. And maybe that's your case. Maybe after coming for a while in your life group, maybe joining us here in the service or even watching us online, you came to the conclusion you need to start new. You need to really embrace this opportunity that the Lord is giving you to start afresh. So what about we just bow our heads right now and pray that the Holy Spirit will bring revelation. Just close your eyes where you are. Father, fill this room. expectations. But above all, God, we want to have a lot of you here, Jesus. Amen. That's what we want. We want your presence so tangible, so perceivable, God, that no one is going to doubt we, you want our new, the newness of life. Just flow in this room. Fill this room, Father. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that through the word, revelation can happen. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the Bible is full of stories that have water, crossing water, going through the water, bathing yourself in the waters. To symbolize new beginnings being established. Now, the first account in the Bible, in the very opening of your Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, this is how the Bible starts. In the beginning. Everybody says, in the beginning. In the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. Wait a minute. Some scholars believe there was a cataclysm, uh, a chaos, some sort of uh, uh, wrong uh, track uh, route between verse 1 to verse 2 of your Bible. Because when God creates things, He is a God of order. He is a God of organization. He brings life, not chaos, not darkness. Uh, Taking apart all the controversy of the matter, it is a fact that verse 2 express creation is not perfect now. But there is one element that promotes new beginning. It promotes the creation of God. Verse 2 keeps saying, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. Say waters. Waters was in the very beginning as God wants to 
also be part of your beginning. That's why baptism includes waters. Verse 3, and after waters were part of that moment of the Spirit of God nesting, the Spirit of God preparing, hovering upon, God could say, verse 3, let there be light. In other words, uh, there are people waiting the day they will be ready for baptism. They say, I need to be more mature, more spiritual, and then I will make my commitment through the baptism. But it is in the other way around. First, you need the waters. Then light will be in your life. Are you guys with me? So first, you go through the waters. And the Spirit of God that is working in your life will promote revelation, insight, Opening the eyes of your heart. You finally can understand the spiritual things. And the creation of God will take place. Verse 4. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated. Look at that. After the waters, God could separate light from darkness. There are people that are joining us. And they are in our life groups. And you are coming here. And you are wondering about all this crazy stuff that pastor preaches every Sunday. And you say, man, I like the vibe of this place. I even try to understand the little stories that this short, broken English pastor preaching. Uh, but honestly, I don't get it. And I don't think it's because of his English. It's something else. I'm still in the darkness. Let me say something. Maybe it's missing the water in your life. Maybe you need the water so God can speak light and darkness will be separated from your life. There's another story in the Bible, very famous. People call it as a myth, but we believe it as it is. We believe it as it is. It's a story of the flood in the same book of the Bible, Genesis. We know that God one day needed to restart because of the wickedness of mankind. Genesis chapter 7, verse 21. And all flesh had to die. All flesh had to die and died moved on the earth. That moved on the earth. Birds, livestock, beasts, all swarm creatures that swarm on the earth. And all mankind need to die. That was the flood that this man called Noah was delivered from. Noah and his family survived because they could go upon the water. After the waters. Those waters, yes, brought death, brought judgment... But in the same time, established a new beginning. And that's something that we see in the Bible constantly. That after, before a new beginning, before a new beginning, some things need to be renounced. Something needs to be left behind, passed away, drowned in the flood of waters. But remember, some people are concerned about that because inside of your heart, you're being already convinced by the Spirit that that old life has to die. But you are hesitant. You are afraid. Maybe there is nothing afterwards, but there is. There's always something new waiting for you. Now, don't think that because maybe your family might not understand this decision today. Maybe because some friends may give up on you because now you truly became a Christian, a believer, a baptized, born-again Christian. You now are embracing the gospel message as your lifestyle. Don't think that you're going to be alone. 
that your journey by yourself. Jesus promised us that if we renounce even family, we may receive in this life a hundredfold more family. Look around. This is your family, my friend. This is your family for you that pass through the water. Yeah, there is death. But Genesis chapter 8 verse 1 says, God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth and the waters subside. You know, like this anxiety, this feeling that uh, is making you anxious and tired. Oh, you, you wish just not to have done the wrong decisions in the past. You need that new breath of life, of hope. Maybe what you need is waters. The waters is what brought the fresh wind over all creation all over again. Again, is the Spirit of God hovering upon the waters. We know the next story. Now in the following book in the Bible, Exodus, we know the story that this like, big nation called Israel, they were captive under slavery into this totalitarian kingdom, empire, the Egyptians. They were slaves, not by choice, because suddenly they were becoming mighty and the Egyptians saw them as a threat and now decided to enslave the entire nation. For 400 plus years, they had no hope. They were under that bondage. They had no expectation of good things. Their health, their lives, their perspective was to be a slave generation after generation. Think with me, 400 years. This is almost like the, the age or the, uh, the existence of America. Like imagine what built an entire nation as a slave. And they saw themselves as slave. But one day, Exodus chapter 14, the Bible delivered that people. And the way that God chose to deliver them from the old, from his slavery, from the mentality of misery, from the mentality of, of poverty, from the mentality, the mentality of lack and depravity was through the waters. And while they were being delivered by God, he chose a very specific way to migrate those people through the Red Sea. And the people of Israel, verse 22, went into the midst of the sea, went into the midst of the waters, but the waters for them was dry ground. How is that possible? Because the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Now, we know that the enemy, the Egyptians were not very satisfied, and they came after the Israelites. You can imagine the scene. And now they were super afraid. But God was just waiting. Just waiting the right moment. The Bible says that there was this column of fire. Holding the Egyptians until a specific moment. And the people of Israel when they were ready to cross the Red Sea. They finally went out of the waters. They passed through the waters. God quenched the fire and allowed the Egyptians to try to persecute them. And that wall of waters that initially shown apparently was for the very Israelites waters of death, 
waters of threat now became walls of protection. Because that walls that protected them now crumble over the Egyptians. Yes, maybe we're feeling even oppressed by spiritual forces. You're feeling persecuted. You're being hunted by these... Uh, um, uh, family spiritual legacy, that baggage that you don't know where it came from. And you are just like, I can't handle this anymore. And, and I simply, I don't know where it came from, but it seems that there is this curse. There is this persecution, this spiritual oppression over everyone in my family. I don't want that. God is just waiting you go through the waters. Because when you go through the waters... The enemy will try to come after you. But you know what's going to happen to the enemy? You're going to drown with those waters. You're going to be drowned in those waters. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new, the new has come. There's another story in the Old Testament. And you probably notice I'm just... Myself in the New Testament. I could use stories in the New Testament. Like the, the eunuch that uh, met Philip in the way. I could use it, even the story of Jesus. But while I was preparing this message, God just opened up my eyes to see these amazing uh, symbols and allegories in the Old Testament. There's this, another story. This uh, a general of this mighty army of the Syrians. And he is, he is renowned. He is known because he leads his army like a master. But when he took his armor out of his body, he was leper. He was broken inside. He has this skin disease that represented in the Bible impurity. He could not heal himself. He tried all the Syrians' rich craft, all the medicines of the ancient time. And he could not heal himself. But by chance, there was a servant that worked in his house. And the servant uh, heard about the disease. So she told him, General, Master, maybe you should go after the prophet, the man of God of my land. His name is Elisha. So this general, his name is Naaman. See, he, he looks for this prophet Elisha. And... He's thinking that maybe Elisha will give him some sort of herbs or some sort of uh, 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 procession to go to a sacred place. Maybe if he, if he finally gets into that high mountain sage secret place, he's going to get some energy from the crystals and he magically be healed. So he finds finally Elisha. And Elisha don't even go out of his house to give him instruction. Elisha simply said, go to the waters. Go to the waters and bathe yourself. And as you go through the waters, you're going to see this leprosy going away. You know the story, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 13. His servants came near and said, My father, it is not great word that the prophet had spoken to you. We will not do it. In other words, I know it seems simple what we're doing here. It's just like, come on, it's a bath in a bathtub, kind of. What, what, is the, what is the big thing about that? It seems normal. It seems a small thing, but there is big, great spiritual implications after those waters. 
And the most important thing is that now all that skin disease. In other words, those things that you are trying to clean yourself over and over again. By the blood of the Lamb. By the word of the testimony that you believe in your heart. Through the waters will be all drowned in those waters. Wash and be clean. Verse 14. So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like a flesh of a little child. And he was clean. All these great stories found in the Old Testament represents a new beginning. It was designed to point the reality that Jesus finally could cry out loud in John 19.30. It is finished. When we go through the waters, we identify ourselves with his finished work on the cross. Romans chapter 6, and I love this portion on the Bible. It says, verse 1, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Say with me, walk in newness of life. So yes, baptism, it is a death certificate. So about two weeks after my little one went to heaven in 2016, we had to face one of the most sad moments in our mourning period, in our grief season, is when by Mayo we receive his death certificate. It was very, very sad. We just like had the conclusion. Now it was um, legalized. It was official that my little one had passed away. It was very, very sad for us. We had lost and there was no, and there was a document registering that death, that passing. And in a certain form, I have to say that there are people that may be uh, mourning for you right now. Very sad. Because they used to see you with them in immorality. They used to see you using drugs. They used to see you partying and being the craziest one among everybody else. And now they are mourning. Maybe even some relatives, some family members are looking to you and know that now... There is no return. Yeah, it is true. In a certain sense, baptism is a death certificate. The problem is that they don't have the revelation that you have. That when you flip your death certificate, there is a birth certificate. And in this birth certificate, you now have the rights of a heavenly citizen. Which means that you have the health care of heaven quality. Which means that now you don't need to anyone to teach you anything. Because the anointing of God dwells in you and it stays in you. And it teaches you about everything. First John chapter 2. 
Which means that you have free scholarship paid by heaven. Hallelujah. Which means that now you have all the rights of a heavenly citizen. Because you are born into heaven. But pastor, I was already born again. I received Jesus years or maybe months ago. And I know something testified, bears witness in my heart that I belong to God. The question is not that. The question is, do you have your heavenly birth certificate? The waters, the baptism gives you this important spiritual document. Which obvious begs the question and implies that if you are born again and you even now receive through the baptism not only a death certificate but a birth certificate that you are registered, pay attention to what I'm saying, into a family. And yes, just like you were born in this perfect, amazing, all love and caring family, your natural family, which I know I'm lying, right? They are not perfect. You didn't choose them. But you were born in that family anyways. You still bear their last name anyways. And you didn't have much option on that fact. Yes, we are not perfect either. And you didn't have much option. But God aligned you to be born in this house. And we are very, very joyful that you are part of this family. We are here to celebrate you. We are here to really shout together for this amazing decision that you made today. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself is the cornerstone. Say a good amen, everybody. There's more, there's more. Ephesians 4, verse 4. There is one body, one spirit. Just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Repeat it with me. One Lord, one faith. One baptism. Verse 6. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. What makes us one is this decision you are making today. You are making this decision entirely out of your will. You made the choice of your will to go through the waters. And this makes you one with us. Yes, so whoever stands against you stands against us. And when we pray for you, the entire church prays for you. Maybe you don't realize how amazing this is. But I, I can testify, and people that were close to me by the time when it happened, 2016, that I will never, ever be mentally sane right now in this stage. Without these crazy brothers and sisters. They pray for me. They intercede for me. They stood together with me. And thank God I was one with them. One Lord. One faith. One God and Father. But also one baptism. Mark 16, 16. And that's how I'm going to close. Jesus said. Mark 16, 16. Whoever believes. 
and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. What is so important on getting baptized, Pastor? Because we make it public. Through the baptism, you make it evident what happened inside of your heart. From beginning to the end in the Christian faith, you believe and you confess. You believe and you make it evidence. You make public. Romans 10 verse 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. But if this verse did not convince you yet, we have Luke chapter 9, verse 24. And that's actually one of the verses that really moved me in 1996 when I went through the waters. I'm, I'm being very honest with you. That was the verse that moved my heart to make my public demonstration of faith. Luke 9, verse 24. Pastor Tulli, where are you? Okay, bring me your phone here, please. Whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Mensagem. Verse 25. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed. Oh my goodness. That's, that's serious, everybody. That's very, very serious. When the comes in His glory, and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. I don't want a Jesus to be ashamed of me. I don't want a Jesus become awkward to mention my name. I want to be one of his prides that I confess him while I had a chance.